CoinWorld Plus is your new way to collect, manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about CoinWorld Plus at CoinWorldPlus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store. Welcome to the CoinWorld Podcast with your host, Jeff Stark. And as I've said from day one of this show, this is a big tent hobby. There's a lot of room for folks. And Larry Jewett. And learning has been such a tremendous amount of this journey. The Coin World Podcast. We're here again for another Coin World Podcast. I'm Jeff Stark. And good afternoon or morning or whatever it is, whatever time of day you're listening to us. I'm Larry Jewett. I mean, I am him 24 hours a day. And uh, hopefully you can get some great enjoyment out of continuing to be a supporter of the Coin World podcast. We appreciate it as the numbers keep growing right there. And we're so glad that you come along for it, whether you uh, sit down while you're doing your dishes or whether you're uh, listening intently here. We're so glad to have you along because it's a very exciting time. We're just a few weeks away from going to Pittsburgh. Finally, as we uh, heard from uh, Tom recently in uh, one of the podcast episodes, uh, about Pittsburgh ready to take on the A&A World's Fair of Money finally after all these years. So I know I'm getting excited about that. And I'll tell you, Jeff, one of the things I'm excited about, about the upcoming show here, and I, I think you would be too, and that is the number of books that we hear are going to be unveiled or available for sale. A Cherry Picker's Guide, 6th Edition, Volume 2. You've got all kinds of uh, special books that are going to be out there. So I, I imagine I'm going to spend a lot of time at least at the Whitman booth. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I already have on my schedule a couple different book events that are um, being publicized and and uh, to to get a couple pieces for my library, uh, and uh, maybe even we can uh, talk to some of those authors uh, here in the future. Maybe we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I definitely am going to go to the Whitman booth. Um, boy, the, there's so many, so many things shaping up for this show. And that's part of what I've been doing today as we record, uh, getting things lined up to maximize our time there. There's, there's, you always walk, I at least do always walk away from the show thinking, boy, I didn't get to see everything and do everything I wanted to do. Uh, and, and similarly exhausted at all that you did. Um, at the end of it. So <laughs> looking forward to, to have that feeling again this year in just a couple weeks. Yeah. And it's always, I mean, even back in the automotive days, it was if you left there with uh, less work to do, you didn't do what you were supposed to do because you end up with more stuff and more ideas moving forward. It's going to be kind of a unique thing because the last couple of years, the A&A's World's Fair of Money has been in the same location at the Donald Stevens Center in Rosemont. Now we have new a new look here. We have new hotels stay in. We have a new uh, new layout on the floor. We have a lot of new things here. So it's going to be uh, quite interesting. And hopefully we'll get a chance to run into a few folks. I know that there are going to be some of the folks that I haven't seen in about a year that we're going to get that opportunity to uh, spend some time together. And I, I'm really looking forward to that. And that's why we appreciate you spending your time with us right here. But you know, time is ticking as it goes along here. Coming up later on, we have a very special interview in store for you here. As some new developments have been taking place in the world of social media with respect to numismatics and collectability type things. And we'll be speaking with Ian Russell, Great Collections. 
He's now more than just great collections. We'll tell you more about my collect coming up here very shortly. So make sure you stick around for that as we've got a lot of information in uh, in store for you here today. I know that, Jeff, you've been gathering up your information as well. Well, yeah, probably the, the one fun thing I've uh, been tracking lately, and certainly this year have been tracking it, but uh, the I'd... Ides of March, the Eidmar Silver Denarius is a fantastic classical numismatic rarity. And uh, in fact, it's the rated the number one ancient coin in Harlan Burke's Top 100 Ancient Coins book uh, published by Whitman. And of course, we've had Harlan on the show in the past. Um, anyway, this year, I, I think I've decided is shaping up to be the year of the Eidmar coin because uh, Brun Rasmussen had an example that they offered back on the Ides of March, March 15, and it did not sell then. So they re-offered it a couple months later and it sold then at a higher price reported than uh, what it was listed for back on the actual anniversary of March the 15th. Well, that's not the only piece to sell this year. Uh, Heritage sold the piece that was formerly in the Nelson and Bunker Hunt, or Nelson Bunker Hunt, uh, the, the Hunt Brothers uh, collection. And that coin, I want to say, realized like $720,000. The other one was somewhere in the neighborhood of $616,000. After all said and done, the juice, the hammer, the... Um, you know, the hammer, the juice, the tax, whatever, uh, probably doesn't account for shipping and, and insurance fees, but you get the drift. <laughs> and um, well, now we find out that August 15, uh, just after the ANA show, Stax Bowers is offering another example um, of this coin, another example this year coming to the market. Um, and this is this is the third such example that that we're aware of to be offered at public auction in 2023. So um, I thought, well, that's that's curious. That I don't recall that ever happening in the past. And it's one of those iconic issues, kind of like, um, well, not like a 1933 gold $20 double eagle, because those are, <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's unique in uh, public hands and uh, right to own. Uh, the piece, but it, it's darn, it, it's right up there. It's it's one of those extreme, extreme, extreme rarities. I would uh, say it's analogous to a 1913 Liberty Head nickel, uh, although there's only five of those known. So maybe that's not even an apt comparison. But the point is, it's uber rare, and it's always uh, always of interest when when one comes at auction. And uh, that's not the only way this coin design has been in the news this year uh back in january uh the auction house owner that uh, the owner of an auction house i should say that's that in 2020 sold a unique in private hands gold example one of three known the other two are in museums well that uh, that auction firm that gentleman was found to have uh, alleged to have faked the provenance, and so that coin was seized and returned, repatriated in the lingo, to Greece. And um, 
So this is with, with all that attention on that design, this is the year of the Eid Mar or Ides of March, Silver Denarius. Well, what does that mean? I should probably clarify. So this is a uh, famous, famous uh, coin design. The coins were struck by a military mint traveling with um, Marcus Junius Brutus, I believe is his name, uh, in the east uh, in late summer to early autumn of 42 BC. Uh, the coin, of course, is famous for the act it commemorates as well as the irony of the image uh, on the obverse. It wasn't only Brutus who assassinated Julius Caesar, but at least uh, 30 Roman senators conspired to commit the murder. Well, um, in two years before the coin was issued in 44 BC, um, Marcus Junius, uh, Brutus, Junius Brutus and Cassius Longinus um, led that charge and and they were um you know one of the things they took issue with was three months before he was assassinated caesar uh placed his own image on roman coinage which you know that really defied tradition and decorum never before had a living ruler's portrait appeared on roman coinage well lo and behold after civil war breaks out the conspirators fled rome joined forces um were um defeated you know defeated and killed allegedly cassius committed suicide then uh brutus led forces in a second battle and was overmatched and committed suicide so it, the design on there the reverse depicts a pileus or cap of liberty that's traditionally given to slaves and between the daggers representing the death of caesar and the words eid mar eid space mar latin for uh, basically Ides of March, March 15th, the day of the event that appears on the design. Uh, and um, and of course, then also um, Brutus put his own image on this coin, which of course is ironic because there was such the outcry two years earlier when Caesar did the same. And uh, it's it's just a classic, classic design, a great story, story sell coins. So this is um, this is another instance where that um, is the case. So I, I don't know that it matters. I don't know that anyone else agrees, but I am declaring 2023 as the year of the Eid Mar coins. And you heard it here first. You know, the thing I've always enjoyed about these types of coins, and this one is a great example of that, is how it tells the story so well. So many of the ancient coins tell stories, and that's a difficult job when you consider the size of the palette that they have to do that. But this one here certainly tells the story that uh, many people are familiar with, the Beware the Ides of March, and uh, you know, all the uh, Shakespearean activity that went along with the Julius Caesar type play and uh, learning all that. But, you know, just the idea that this coin right here, and again, as uh, previous records of earlier in the year will prove, is very, very in demand and it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Stax Bowers puts that coin up in mid-August. That'll be after the A&A uh, World's Fair of Money there. So we'll be certainly uh, keeping an eye on that one moving forward. I think it's time for us maybe not to go back to 42 BC, but I think we can go back a little bit in time and find out some more information that our listeners will find of interest when it comes to numismatics. Sure. So let's go back. Uh, to, let's explore this week in numismatic history, and then we can take a look at this week in coin world history. So 
uh, you know, this is always a fun time of year for me. Um, there's, you know, we're getting ready for the ANA. It's, it's my birthday. There's, um, you know, baseball's in full swing. But what I found interesting was, and, and there's a, there's a connection uh, numismatically around this time um, that, you know, we've talked about this before. So what am I thinking of? I'm going to July 30th, 2002. That's a relatively modern recent history. What happened on July 30th, 2002? Well, as it turns out, a whole heck of a lot, um, a big, big, big thing happened that day because that was when the first legalized, the auction of the first legalized 1933 St. Gaudens Double Eagle established what was then a world record price of $7.59 million. Uh, oh, and, and $20 added at the end to uh, make good with the federal government for the face value. Um, we've talked about this before, certainly when the coin came up for auction in 2021, I want to say. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I didn't realize... I guess I, you know, maybe I knew and forgot, but it, it, I was looking at the, this, you know, the historical happenings and went, oh, hey, that's big doings. That's July 30th. Uh, but, um, and, and also on that day, but many years prior, it's just another topic we've explored on the podcast. Uh, 1918, July 30th, 1918 was the day that Jay Sanford Saltis donated his 1861 Confederate half dollar to the American Numismatic Society. We've we've explored the legacy of the Confederate coinage. Uh, we've mentioned Saltus before and certainly the ANS before. So uh, I don't know, that just uh, double dip bonus, bonus time to uh, to get a second this uh, week in numismatic history. Uh, both happened on July 30th. One was in 2002 in our lifetime, one was long before that, 1918. So there you go. Yeah, that's always nice when you find a couple of things that are definitely uh, definitely interesting and they uh, coincidentally fall on the same day, albeit, uh, you know, separated by quite a few years, but still nonetheless interesting. And uh, always, I mean, there's no real seasonal thing for the news. It could be any time and uh, coming to the tail end of July here. We know that uh, next time we look at it, we're going to be talking about the first couple of weeks of August. But again, coming up and very soon, we'll be having our interview with Ian Russell, the founder of Great Collections, who is also the driving force behind MyCollect. And many of you are probably already aware of MyCollect and might have some questions. Well, Ian will take care of answering those questions for well, you coming right up. I, you know, it just occurred to me that, you know, we're talking about the big show gathering and all that. Not everyone can get to the show, though. So something like a, a MyCollect is a, and a social media platform is is a nice way to stay connected to the hobby if you can't be at the big event, maybe. So I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Didn't mean to step on your toes, but uh, that that thought did cross my mind. Well, it's important that we get it out there because, uh, you know, somebody may have missed it. We may have talked about it in the interview and you could have missed it, but it's important that we get it out there. So we'll we'll get around to that interview. But right now we got some more business to take care of. And uh, we selected the year 2010 because that's the year 
that uh, Great Collections was formed as uh, Ian and his wife, Raylene, put the uh, company together, put the company on the map right there. And it's by his own admission, it's grown uh, far beyond any expectations and got him to the position where he could create the My Collect with the help of uh, several individuals. So, and uh, it's only going to be as strong as those who help make it strong. So keep that in mind. If My Collect is what you're looking for, it's out there now. So, but 2010 is the year we went to, and a lot of things go on in 2010, especially toward the end of July. Yeah, I the the thing for me that jumped out in the July 26, 2010 issue was a story on the front page from the now late John McCloskey. And uh, the story then uh, relates how an 1856 O gold double eagle surfaced in Ohio. This was the rarest New Orleans mint gold coin, and it showed up in these this uh, hold, the holdings of a family. Uh, there were only 20 to 30 known examples at the time this coin was found. I'm not sure there have been any found since. Uh, certainly don't recall any coverage, but uh, could have missed something. Um, the, um, the family was, we don't know for sure, right? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot that wasn't said and couldn't be said, uh, but the family who passed this down to the current generation was the Bullock family, a, a gentleman uh, there, in James Bullock, a gentleman who owned a, owned a farm near Livermore, Kentucky during the early 20th century. Uh, he died in 1923 and his estate passes down to heirs. There have been several generations of heirs, uh, three, three generations to be exact. Um, when this coin was discovered, um, it was among some very pedestrian issues, otherwise unremarkable coins. And uh, McCloskey was tasked with uh, telling this family more and and he looked this up and went and you know that was not his specialty as far as you know he was a I think a seated uh, coinage guy and um, he um, he was astonished to see that the price at the time was listed at, at two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in extremely fine in the uh, June twenty ten issue of Coin World's Coin Values. And uh, then he did some some more looking to, you know, he he looked at the coin under high uh, magnification power to make sure that it looked as uh, official, as struck, genuine piece. And uh, anyway, the long and short of it is that the coin was legitimate. The grading services, uh, I believe, yeah, the NGC was the one tasked with uh, encapsulating and grading and authenticating this, where it was the piece was graded extremely fine, 45 plus. And what happened to that coin? Well, it was sold in a September 24, 2010 auction by Heritage for 345000 $345,000. Wouldn't you love to just have a... Heck, I'd take a hundred thousand dollar coin just showing up out of nowhere uh, in in uh, in my family holdings. I'll, I'll be lucky to get uh, some three hundred and forty five pennies passed down to me. But 
my goodness, what a what a neat story. I thought I couldn't just relate the story of the find on the cover of Coin World. I had to delve into what happened to it. And it was just a few months later that it was sold and also made big news then. So how, how can you top something like that? What do you say? I'm not even going to try, but I'm just going to go ahead and try to run alongside of you here because a couple of letters of interest on the pages of July 26, 2010. One of them said, poor Philadelphia mint quality. A letter says, since receiving my Hot Springs National Park quarter dollar rolls from the mint, I've been looking for a letter to the editor from any collector who received as poor quality in the Philadelphia mint quarters as I did. The coins I received were covered with an oily substance and appeared to have a yellow tinge. I called another collector who acknowledged also receiving the same sub-quality coins. The Denver Mint coins I received are of superior quality compared to what's coming out of the Philadelphia facility. With a premium we are paying for these coins, you would think the Mint could conduct some quality checks on what they're packaging. That letter came from Michael Daly of Nashua, New Hampshire. One other letter dealing with a uh, correction. This was called Marines Weren't First. As a Vietnam veteran holder of a combat infantry badge, Bronze Star and Distinguished Service Medal, I have nothing but respect for the United States Marine Corps. But to correct an error from Robert M. Stack, July 5th edition, the Army was organized on June 14, 1775, nearly six months before the Marine Corps. And so just making the record straight there that it was the Army first and the Marines. And uh, that's going to be a big deal because the Marine Corps is set to get a 250th anniversary commemorative coming up here. And we're going to have them back in the news coming up very soon. And that legislation working its way through both sides of Congress as uh, as we look at this. And that was by Mike Harper from Bowling Green, Kentucky. So couple of uh, letters, a little bit of variety there. There was one letter concerning uh, special editions, one concerning how uh, a visit to a coin show, some coin dealers lost business because the letter writer felt that uh, those dealers were not interested in his business. So that's kind of a common thing from some folks. But So a variety of subjects in the July 26, 2010 edition. Hey, that's... um something for everybody and lots to think about and uh, consider. So uh, I think it's time now to consider your answer to last week's trivia question. Do you recall what this was at all? Or shall I, I, I'm going to retell it anyway, I suppose, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, we were uh, talking about Pennsylvania and um, Pittsburgh in this case is where we'll be for the show, but I want to, I, my thoughts went to a, gentleman of uh, Philadelphia, one of the founding fathers, Ben Franklin. And I asked about, uh, you know, Ben Franklin was instrumental in printing American paper money of the colonial period, but he he developed a anti-counterfeiting measure for this money. Uh, what did he do that we are still talking about 200 and 50 plus, almost 300 years later. I think it had something to do with leaves, the way leaves were on a note or something like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, Franklin used uh, leaves, which are apparently 
kind of like fingerprints, very, um, you know, they're unique and and um, they're thus hard to replicate all the veins and the intricacies of the leaf design. So he would uh, place those on the design and that made it much harder for the notes to be counterfeited. And um, so, you know, he was a, a brilliant man we know, and uh, that was just one more of his contributions to the hobby. So uh, good for you. You got that right. Now, uh, you know, I'm not, I, there's, there's no, I couldn't come up with any sort of, how, how do I find a trivia related to this new thing that's coming out? So I'm, I just went to the old Coin World trivia game and chose one at random for you. It's a novice level question. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, you know, here we're talking about minting and and all that. Uh, I want to know how many $3 gold pieces were struck at the Charlotte Mint. Charlotte Mint is one of uh, eight mints of the United States to uh, to make coinage. Um, that that could be another trivia question. Name all eight, but that's that was not the intention today. So, just uh, just think about that three dollar gold coin. It's um, you know it's not a most beloved collected piece like the Lincoln cent or the Morgan dollar. Um, so, how many? What's the total quantity minted for that denomination at the Charlotte Mint? And uh, you'll you'll have a week to dig into your reference books uh, and and see what you can find out. How about that? That sounds great. I mean, I just uh, spent the weekend with some uh, distant relatives looking through some of their their coins and uh, went through an entire jar and encountered one Bahamian coin with the scalloped edges on it. But I uh, was looking for W mint marks on the 2019 and 2020. Quarter dollars, didn't find anything, did uncover a 1947 five cent coin, which was kind of cool, and then had a whole jar full of Lincoln wheat cents. And the earliest I could get out of it was 1926. I had a lot of 58s, 57s, of course, 56s. So that's a lot of fun. I mean, it was it's fun with coins is what it came down to. And having a chance to get back with those, I mean, just to think that how many how many gold pieces were made in Charlotte? And just to have the idea of maybe handling one of those someday. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. We're going to throw to our interview, your interview, I should say, with Ian Russell about my collect. I'm excited to hear what uh, what we can learn about this new platform. Here it is. Coin World Podcast is immensely pleased to have this opportunity to uh, have some time with what I consider to be the busiest man in numismatics right now because of some great news that came out in the month of July. And uh, Ian Russell, thank you, first of all, for taking the time to speak with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, the reason why we had you on here, of course, we've been thinking about bringing you on because of all the great things you've done with great collections starting in 2010 and hard to believe that, you know, 13 years of that is happening right now. And I would think that's enough to keep you busy, but you recently launched a very special program that is going to be advantageous for all forms of numismatics here called MyCollect. I say that because some may have known about this, but tell us a little bit about how MyCollect came about. 
So uh, about a year ago, uh, I started to started to realize that there were parts of the parts of the collectibles market that wasn't perfect. Like for example, people were were using Facebook and Instagram for coins and and other collectibles, but you would miss a lot of posts. The the silly algorithms that they have uh, try to work out what you want to see and 99% of the time it's wrong. Uh, they don't show it to you in real time. And uh, coupled with that, I, I have a, a vision for how people collect sets of coins and how they want to interact with other collectors about those sets. And uh, so about a year ago, uh, I hired a, a separate team to my great collections team to build my collect. And we kind of did it. We kept it a secret only because uh, it was a different team of people, and I didn't really want. I didn't know when we were going to launch it at the time, and uh, I just thought it was was best to to work on as a separate project. And of course, it was such a relief to finally uh, release it a week ago, and and uh, and all the the feedback that we received uh, was uh, yeah, it was it was great. It seems like uh, uh, I mean I've been very excited about it for the whole year. <laughs> Uh, but it was only me, and I didn't have any. Apart from my small team, uh, I didn't have anyone else to uh, to receive feedback from. And uh, now that I have, it's uh, it, it's good. <laughs> it's good for me. Were you kind of surprised that somebody hadn't tried this before? Yeah, I mean, well, certainly no one's tried to combine it all. Yeah, and and that's that surprised me absolutely, uh, and. I mean, because individually, a lot of the ideas are all out there and just they're just fragmented on different different sites and and nothing brings the interactions closer together. Like what what I think collectors are are wanting and, and what they try to do, what they try to do at the moment, but it's just not very effective and, and efficient. Um, and this is obviously the, the collector, the coin collecting community has exploded since COVID. So the last three years and. Uh, it's exploded on on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but it's uh, just not very useful. I, mean, I, I see, I'm a collector myself, and I see posts two or three days later, or not at all, on on coins that I'm really interested in. Uh, it and that, that's that's frustrating for me. So at my collect, we don't have any of those algorithms. If you follow somebody or a certain group, you see everything, no matter what. And if it's too many posts, you can always just uh, un, uh, unjoin that group or unfollow that person or page. Uh, but it, it gives you real-time access to everything that you're interested in. It seems like it gives the user a lot more control than what we have here. Because like you say, I mean, in, in just Article 6, it was just recently released, there's kind of a... Uh, kind of a stopper put on people getting too exuberant about making friends even on, on my collect. So I think some positive things are being done in that direction to fine tune. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it, it's quite, it's quite interesting. So there's a couple of groups already in one week have over 300 members. Uh, I think there's three groups with over 300 members right now. And there's a dozen groups with over a hundred members each. And uh, it, it's some like those kind of numbers are beyond my my wildest expectations, uh, really. For this, I mean, we we haven't a lot of the the growth so far in the first week has been word of mouth. Uh, it's so to to have these kind of numbers of people that have, have registered 
registered. I think over 1,600 people are registered um, in the first week. Is That's a big number for coins. Eventually, obviously, we're, we're going to be doing all collectibles. And um, every day, there's more and more people signing up, which, uh, yeah, we, we love that. This is almost a numismatic field of dreams. If you build it, they will come because that's really what we've been seeing in just the week that uh, we've gone on so far. And I mean, I'm, I go on there more often. I can't remember that other one that begins with an F that I don't even go into anymore. But, uh, you know, just the idea that you have that out there right now. But the numismatic communities, you well know, is so fragmented with the dealers and with the collectors and with the casual people. And it's so, t so difficult to bring them into one area. But as you noted, that it has changed a little bit since COVID. But I think that that's the point of communication here with my collector. Everybody can gather in one spot. Yeah, and and you can you can learn more about coins. There's people on there already that are experts in their area that they're more than happy to give advice. Um, there's dealers on there. There's collectors on there. Uh, there's auction houses promoting their auctions. Um, it, it it's everything. There's there's news uh, on there about new issues coming out, new discoveries. Um, it it's really one one spot it's it's all free and uh i guess uh everyone likes that aspect as well but i, I think it's i i think my collect is a key element to growing uh coins for the next few years like this this is really gonna uh keep collectors motivated and uh collectors will, will have more fun more fun collecting coins that, that's really the goal with it all yeah, having fun and, and getting the whole idea. I mean, this this is uh, a great example of how things need to change. There are certain things that need to change in our communication, the ways we communicate. And, and I got to go full disclosure right here. We're working on building a page for Coin World, So I just uh, want to make sure that gets out there because it's just you have opened up so many opportunities for us, no matter what our interests might be. And for me, the biggest thing is the look of the site. When you go on mycollect.com, you're instantly familiar with what you're doing here. So you're not intimidated by something that's new. No, I mean, the first thing you'll see, uh, if you add any coins to your inventory, you'll see how slick the, the interface is and how easy it is. Uh, that that was uh, my team that's worked on this. Uh, uh, they've done an amazing job with the design and, and uh how how it all works for everyone um and we're not done yet i mean we we launched this with only about 30 percent of the features that we have planned uh that's usually a a no-no i think on web sites and businesses to, to launch so early uh but even with the 30 percent, there's so much there for everyone to use uh and uh, it's only going to get better. I mean, every day we're adding we're adding more uh, features and and um, different uh, different aspects for for collectors to interact. So it, uh, there's more sets being added. Last night, some some patterns sets were added, for example, um, which uh, is already there. People are already registering their pattern sets, which is great. Um, also, yesterday, the number a, a new number one set of gold commems were registered on on my collect. Uh, which is great. Within a week, we have uh, the number one set of gold commands uh, uh, registered on uh, my collect sets, which, yeah, super happy about that. Oh, yeah, definitely so, because that is going to be one of the strengths of the site as it continues to grow. And again, I'm kind of of the uh, school that it was good to have only a small percentage of your available 
assets available because nobody got intimidated by the idea they can go in there and, and learn more and then come back and learn more even still. But we talked about the registry sets here, and, and that had to be a key in the development because it's something that an area that needed to be improved upon. Yeah, and it, I'm not I'm not dissing the other uh, registry set programs that are out there, um, but they're more restrictive. Like we we want to have all grading services allowed in our registry sets. Obviously, CACG uh, CAC grading has just started and. Uh, we we can already accept those coins in in registry sets, and uh, and we want to do so much more with it. Like for example, obviously we we're going to have paper money registry sets, but even on the coin side, we want to. We've had demand from collectors that want year sets of the whole world, so they have U.S. a 1940 U.S. proof set, but they want to be able to add all of their foreign coins. So there's a, a 1940 set of the world. Um, so we're we're going to be we're going to be adding so many more sets that collectors can put together um, that there's no one out there's no uh, program out there right now for that for those kind of sets um, and uh, yeah that's that's kind of exciting I mean we we have a twelve or thirteen hundred predefined sets we call them definitions right now uh, and we're adding more every day just for the U.S. alone we have over 3,000 on our list. So we have another 2,000 to to add. Then we're going to world coins. Uh, and obviously at this, around the same time, we're going to have paper money, US and world um, live on there. But it's it's a, a, a very, uh, if, if you haven't added a coin or to set you, Larry, you should definitely do it. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be very impressed with how easy it is. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, and that's the thing. Everything about this site is easy. Joining up with a group, finding like minds on, on this type of thing. And, you know, we admit that we have to admit sometimes that uh, we do collect items other than coins. And now knowing that even though we're starting out with coins, the expansion is is very possible here. I mean, even in the article list, based on the, the tags, you're soon going to be reading about things, and I don't want to put the pressure on you here, but soon reading about things like cars and sports things and, and that type of thing. So I think it's going to be great for the, the focus is simply on collector and rather than a general interest, it's on collector. If you're, yeah, collector, we, do, we don't want there to place. be. Yeah. Exactly. If you, if you want to see photos of friends, kids on vacation and things like that. Uh, you can stay. That's for Facebook. This is all about collectibles, and we don't we don't want to be distraction distracted by um, uh, uh, political or, uh, as I say, food that somebody's eating tonight at a restaurant. That it seems when I'm uh, on Facebook, I'm seeing half of my posts, half of the posts of uh, my friends are about what they're having for dinner, and uh, it, it it's a big distraction. This is all about collectibles, and once uh, additional collectibles are added. You'll have ways to to easily just if you're only interested in coins, it'll only show you anything to do with coins. And if you're interested in in classic cars, uh, as you brought up cars, uh, you'll just be able to focus on the car aspect. And um, what's what's really great about classic cars, and we have some clients that uh, have numbers of cars. One of my clients there's 18 cars selling uh, that you'll be able to make custom. Uh, sets and it's not uh, it's not like a competitive registry set for cars because it's would it's extremely unusual to have 
a year set of Mustangs of every year. But you can have uh, some people have type type sets of Mustangs, and uh, so yeah, you'll be able to add custom sets of cars and and be able to interact and connect with other other car collectors. And we'll, you know, there obviously are going to be future expansion. We'll talk about that in another time down the road. But right now, I want to focus on what is available to the visitor mycollect.com and uh, take a few minutes here because I'll be honest with you the most impressive, and it's all impressive, but the most impressive thing to me, and I continue to think about this, and that is theft check, which is to me, that is absolutely the single element. I had to cite one element of my collect that I think is going to make the biggest difference for the longest time, and that is theft check. Give us a little insight into what theft check is. Yeah, so theft check uh, is, is a database of coins that have been reported stolen over the years. And uh, it's really important for our industry that we, if a package goes missing, which doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, uh, that we have a database of all of those uh, stolen coins with images, and it will only help. Uh, it'll help coin dealers avoid stolen coins and hopefully recover coins back to their rightful owners. Uh, we have years of information uh, that go back uh, from Doug Davis's uh, reports. Now, Doug Davis does an amazing job uh, with his Numismatic Crimes uh, Association, and he, yeah, he does a fantastic job, and he's supporting this. So. New reports that Doug puts out are instantly added to theft check. Uh, we will have an API uh, that coin dealers can use on their website that adds a theft check badge to their their coins, and you'll see it very soon on Great Collections. I think it will be next week, and it basically verifies every twenty four hours that the coin that you're looking at online is not has not been reported stolen uh to and reported and showing in the theft check database and uh, it, it's it's something that the industry has needed for years and, and we haven't had it uh i i think four or five years ago somebody was working on on something similar but it just never never happened and so when we started on on michael like last year it just seemed to be the right time to to implement and they say there's no cost in it. Uh, it we look at theft check. I mean, Great Collection is, is funding it as our kind of give back to the industry uh, this year, and and uh, that everyone can benefit. Everyone can benefit from it. But by the same token, it's a program that's set up so not just anybody can put information in there. Somebody gets disgruntled at a certain dealer or something, they can't just enter and say my coin was stolen from me. That's just that's not going to play. And and the important thing to remember is that these are the coins, if they come up in theft check, these are the coins that are reported stolen. It may not have been reported some other time or whatever, but just the idea to remember, this is what's reported stolen. Yeah, correct. I mean, Doug Davis, uh, yeah, no one, not anyone can add reports to, uh, to theft check. And if anyone has the unfortunate uh, situation where their coins are stolen, they should continue to contact Doug Davis, who does an amazing job reporting to the industry and investigating uh, uh, any uh, thefts of, of of coins. And uh, I'm sure, uh, Larry, you're on his email list. He sends out emails to thousands of people when there's a loss. 
Uh, the difference with FCheck is it's just a, a organized database by cert number uh, of, of that data. Uh, we're also allowing six or seven of the largest companies in the industry, the major grading services and auction houses, uh, to report directly into FactCheck. But that's it. It's it's those those six or seven uh, companies uh, plus Doug Davis, uh, people that can that can report into the system. And that makes it a reputable and reliable source at the same time with that understanding. And I mean, it's a peace of mind for those of us who like to buy, but we have that uncertainty out there. And we know that, you know, and by looking, by going on the uh, on the Great Collections website and seeing the, the green theft check, check mark down at the bottom of the coin description coming up here in the very near future is going to be uh, uh, an inclination to actually make a bid on something like that. So, I mean, it's just all you have to do that you're doing the work for us. The, the it gives extra confidence. Here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It definitely does that. Yeah. So. It, it gives extra confidence. And wh whether it be on Great Collections or any other website, I say we're allowing uh, anyone to use it uh, and anyone can use the API uh, uh, for their website. Uh, but I see the public using it before they buy a coin. I see coin dealers using it around the country before they purchase something over the counter. And uh, even though coin dealers have great memories, they don't remember every certain number of, of everything that's been reported stolen. And uh, we had a coin uh, that came in that was reported stolen five or six years ago. Um, and FEFCheck uh, solves, solves that for us. It, it tells us in a, at the moment that we're entering our system that, hey, this was reported stolen. So we, we can then look into it. As it turned out, in this particular case, uh, uh, the coin was recovered. And uh, so it was no problem. We confirmed that with Doug Davis and and uh, we auctioned the coin. There was no no issue yep, with that's it. it. Uh, but that's, happy... that's also uh, a feature of theft check that if something is recovered, that Doug Davis confirms it's being recovered, it uh, it's instantly removed from, from the theft check database. Yeah, because we are moving so fast in this game here that you just have to have that instantaneous and having that that place in so that the information is updated and properly updated. And we're we're about out of time here. I mean, we could go on probably for another twenty minutes easy on this because, but we want to encourage our our listeners to take a step to mycollect.com if you haven't already and check it out and see what's there of what's available for you and constantly being updated here. Ian, are you tired of ask or of answering all these questions from uh, from guys like me and Kenny Duncan? No, uh, I love it. And uh, I mean, I, I'm really passionate about this project. I'm still, I'm still 24 seven on great collections, but my collect has been very, very, uh, um, uh, I don't know, fulfilling and, uh, it's been a super fun project to to work on for the last year, and um, and I'm still yeah I'm still on it uh, more morning than at night. So I, I I enjoy I enjoy enjoy the lot. In between everything else you've got to do, getting ready for uh, Pittsburgh and all the other things you have going on. So um, we want to thank you, Ian, for taking the time here today, and again invite our, our listeners to check it out. Very simply, mycollect.com, you will find yourselves immersed in that because it has so much potential for you, regardless of what you're involved with. Ian, thanks once again. No worries. Thanks a lot, Larry. Have a good week weekend. And that was Larry's interview with Ian Russell of MyCollect. Well, I want to point out that it was only because you were unavailable at the time that uh, we were able to do this interview right now. And Many of you may be aware of MyCollect by now. Certainly, it has taken the numismatic side of things by storm. In fact, 
we just have the uh, privilege of announcing that Coin World now has a page on MyCollect. Uh, we've had that put together. And so the Coin World page is easily found here. As a matter of fact, our uh, sister publication is also represented on the uh, pages because we have a Scott Stamp page there. And uh, that's at uh, the page of Scott Stamp because this is designed to be for collectors, no matter what it is you collect right there, whether it's cars, guitars, watches, well, anything like that, stamps, obviously. So, you know, thinking in the collector mindset there, this is going to be, it's going to grow exponentially as it goes along here. So I invite everyone to go to mycollect.com, take a look around, see how it can best serve you. The sets are really incredible. The connections that you can make really incredible as well. And so this is it. If you want to talk collecting, this is the place to be mycollect.com. A lot more things are coming here. Read some of the articles that are in there and find out, keep up to date with the changes that are coming your way to make it even better. Good, good product made even better. Mycollect.com and uh, stop by and, and visit. Spend as much time or as little time as you like and you'll be glad you did. Hey, cool. Very cool. Uh, you know, we're at the end of the program for another week. We want to thank everyone for listening and allowing us to do this and um, keep on exploring the hobby um, in, uh, you know, this this is just one facet, one way we can do it. And we appreciate that uh, you're there along for the ride. Um, I suppose it's time for me to say, until next time, happy collecting. Thank you for listening to the Coin World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week. Coin World Plus is your new way to collect. Manage your inventory, digitally authenticate coins, create your want list, buy and sell coins, and much more. Learn more about Coin World Plus at coinworldplus.com or download the app now at Google Play or the App Store.